This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by Helix Sleep. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you, my friends, at helixsleep.com slash OP. And we are live from the glass box studios. Welcome everybody. Welcome to my little uh my little uh what? My little nest up in the sky here. Mr. Pringles, you are first on the Yoke Tube. How are you? Mr. Caden Rocks, I remember you from the other day there, sir. Welcome uh, to another live stream. Here's Doggy. If you haven't seen Doggy, every time I live stream, he jumps up into the glass box studio. He's a little he's a little camera shy, though. Come here. No? All right. Um, I'm surprised that he's even coming my way today because I had to literally cut poop from his fur today. He was pooping like a racehorse, and then next thing you know, he had a, uh, a mushy one. Brought him back in the house with muddy paws and mushy butt. Yeah, so we got Doggy inside, and then I'm, I'm I'm taking baby wipes, and I'm just like this with his fur, trying to get poo out of his fur from around his butt. And then I look at my son, I go, hand me the scissors. And he's like, oh my God, no, Dad. And I'm like, snip, 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 just snipping poo fur uh, off his body, so... There you have it. That's been my day so far. What's up, Sergeant Mark Facetti? How are you? I I use baby wipes only. There's no toilet paper in my house. Damn. We were using baby wipes like like uh like crazy. I'll go with like crazy until we got a pipe uh, cloggage and then the pipe cloggage turned into a a frozen pipe at the beach and everyone had to go um you know, they all had to go to the bathroom. They all needed to take a poo. So I'm like, I'm going to poo. And my wife's like, where are you going to poo? I'm like, I'm going to the neighbor's house. And she's like, oh, my God, you can't do that. I don't understand protocols. I don't get why it's a big deal to knock on your neighbor's door and go, I need to poo. What's the big deal? Everyone poos. And she's like, I can't do that. And and then my... um. Who was it? Was it my, uh, oh, another one of my kids. They said, we, I can't do that either. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And they're like, we're going to hold it. We're going to hold in our poo for the next two days until we go back to the city. I'm like, get out of here. So I grab my son. It was my son. I go, let's go. And I knock on the neighbor's door. <laughs> I go, I got a frozen pipe and I need to poo. <laughs> and then I proceed to blow up their bathroom. And then I, I came home all proud and happy and uh, feeling a little lighter. And, and uh, my wife looked at me like I'm a savage. I'm like, what, what, what is the big deal? Why does there have to be so many rules around society? But I don't understand these people that are like too shy to knock on a neighbor's door and say, I need a poo. Um, what's the big fucking deal? I don't care. And I don't even care if I leave a little something, something behind smell wise. I'm good in that regard. Can you shout out my mate, Charlie Rollins McEwen? He's having a tough time after his breakup. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but wish him the best, okay? 
Uh, what's up, Casey in NorCal? Boo-hoo, my girlfriend broke up with me. Man up. Well, you know what, Casey? We're from the future, though. We're from the future. We all had a bad breakup. I had a bad breakup when I found the size. I know the size changes every time I tell the story, but trust me, they were over 12. Over 12 basketball sneakers in the trunk of the, the car of my quote girlfriend when she was living on Cape Cod while I was tra- trying to make a, um, a career with this radio thing. So I chose not to, to move to Boston and she decided, well, I'm going to move to Cape Cod. And I'm like, all right, we'll have one of those long distance relationships. And she's like, all right, I'm all right with that. Forgetting that we're all in our early 20s and that's almost impossible. You're leaving now, doggy. You've seen enough. And then, um, you know, she made excuse after excuse why she couldn't see me. And finally, I went to Boston for a party. And I'm like, hey, I'm here in Boston. Can I see you? She's like, all right. And I'm thinking, well, what? I I think we're still together having that long-distance relationship. And then she picked me up. I forgot if I took a bus or a train. There was was some kind of pickup. And uh, I opened up the trunk to uh, put my bag in for the weekend, for a nice weekend with my long distance girlfriend and there were size at least 12 at least 12 i was gonna go maybe 13 size basketball sneakers in the truck of her car true story my heart dropped and sunk to the fucking ground i'm telling this story for that guy that's bumming out about a girl who cares man and then you know i might have been uh close to suicidal over the whole thing because i really liked her at the time and then I got over it, and then I looked back like, thank God I found those sneakers in the trunk of her car. Who needs her? I didn't need her. And then, of course, she finally moves back um, from Cape Cod, and now I'm in Buffalo. Now she really wants to make a go of it again. And, of course, I invited her to Buffalo to have one last fun weekend, and it was glorious. But then I looked at her like, yeah, this ain't going to work out. (laughs) And then you, then you move on to something else. So snap out of it. But I'm from the future. I mean, if I was in my early 20s, maybe like that kid is, I, I would probably uh, be looking at it very, very differently. I understand that. What if they were a gift for you? Dude, I've, I've talked about this, man. I got, I, got a, I got a big piece. There's no other way around it. I got a big one. But the weird thing is I got like shitty hands. And I got shitty feet, too. My, my, my shoe size is barely a 10. And the only reason I wear 10s is because I'm too embarrassed to ask for a 9.5 when I get new sneakers and shoes. So, yeah, they definitely weren't, uh, they def- they definitely weren't for me. Uh, glad you're back again, Opes. By the way, what's your hot take on Howard Stern and Nick, Nick Curse running in 2024? It's... It, uh, is Howard really running for president? Isn't he like 70? Yeah, he's got to be 70 at least. It's a, it's a joke thing. You know that. Every once in a while, celebrity, although, fuck, Trump Trump was the first one to turn a joke into a reality because when he first uh, ran for president, you got to remember way back, most people were like, oh, this old gag where a big celebrity runs uh, for the presidency, but he won the damn thing. But 
In most cases, when a celebrity says, I'm running for the presidency, they're just feeding their stupid egos. It's a very, very easy way to get the press talking about you. We're talking about stupid Howard right here. But he has no intention of being the president of the United States. It's one big gag because the guy, Howard Stern, is losing his fucking mind with all these podcasters making more money than him and talking to way more people than him. I heard some numbers today. I was talking to somebody. It's absolutely fucking insane what some of these podcasters are doing. And it's driving Howard nuts. So he's like... Uh, how do I get my name back in the papers? I know. I'll say I'm going to run for the presidency in 2024. So he gets a splash of uh, uh, of uh, publicity and articles in the papers. And uh, his name splashed all, all, all over the Internet. But then it goes away because that tr- that old school radio crap doesn't work anymore. The, the whole world has moved to podcasting. And these guys are killing it. I do okay. But I saw a number today. Uh, Joe Rogan. I don't know if this is true, but even if this number is uh, is uh, inflated uh, by a hundred percent, even geez, by a hundred percent, it's still unbelievable. But they're basically saying that Joe Rogan has eleven million fucking people checking out each episode of the Joe Rogan. What is it called? The Joe Rogan Experience. Eleven million people. I know the numbers at SiriusXM. Howard's not even reaching a million at this point. He's not even hitting a million people. And Joe Rogan is kicking his ass. And it's driving Howard nuts. And uh, and Rogan is only one of many that have surpassed Howard with their podcasts. Uh, Vincent Scaramuzzo, Rogan mentioned you last episode fondly. Well, right on, man. In the end, I respect Rogan. I do like him. I disagree with a lot of the crap he's doing. I I, I think he's uh, putting out a bunch of uh, misinformation out there as far as uh, the pandemic goes. But in general, you know, you got to give him props. The guy worked really, really hard. He found a niche. He found a way to make it unique and different than uh, what everyone was doing before him. And, And he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. You know, the only issue I had with him after all those years of uh, being there for him and helping him out in his career when, when, when he wasn't the Joe Rogan we now know and love, and I asked him to just be on my goddamn podcast, and I didn't get, I didn't get a response back. That fucking pissed me off. It doesn't mean I hate the guy's guts, but it fucking pissed me off. And both those things could be true. Oh, watch out, Hope. They'll now call you uh, a, a pro-vaxxer libtard. Yeah, man. Um, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I didn't rush to get my kids vaxxed for, uh, for the coronavirus. I wanted to do a lot more of my research. And uh, today is the day that my kids are finally getting uh, vaccinated. So how about that? I wasn't one of these guys just running uh, when, it, when it became available. I needed to do more research and think about it. But today is the day they're finally getting uh, the, the vaccine. And to be honest with you, this goes against all these idiots out there calling me a snowflake and a libtard and a, and a pro this and a pro that. I still haven't got boosted because I'm thinking about that still and I'm still doing my research. That's all. And if you got boosted, good for you. 
And if you didn't, good for you. I'm not a doctor. Don't take my advice. I'm too busy trying to figure it out myself. Oh, and, and uh, finishing up with the Rogan. So you got 270 doctors that are really kind of mad at some of the information that Rogan has spewed on his podcast. And now I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to censor Joe Rogan. Hell no. Hell nah. Of course not. I am not for censorship. I am not for cancel culture. Hell nah. Uh, hell nah. I wish that I had bosses like uh, the people at Spotify. And I talked to I talked to them. Um, we almost had a deal with them. Um, the money wasn't right in the end. And I think they honestly, they needed to see a little more growth from my podcast. Not quite there yet. But I got to tell you, man, they're doing it right over there. You know, Rogan was trending. And everybody was looking for him to be censored and this and that. And, uh, you know, when that cancel culture comes for you, man, a lot of these people just fucking cave. A lot of these corporations cave. Spotify ignored all of it. Good for them. And guess what? I guarantee they're now getting even more downloads for the Joe Rogan podcast. So props, excuse me, to Spotify. Over the years, I worked for bosses that were just scaredy cats. Every time some dumb special interest group came our way, they caved like a, like a what, do you, what do you call it, like a cheap tent? Not Spotify. Joe Rogan legitimately credits ONA with uh, pioneering the Hangout radio show, which he does now, and he won't do Opie's show. I agree with Hope. That was kind of shitty. I abso- that was absolutely fucking kind of shitty, man. You know why it's shitty? Because I don't really ask many people for favors. It's very, very, very rare I ask uh, somebody for a favor. And I'm not going to lie to you. I needed the help back then. And to not even get a call. Yeah. And then people beat me up for it. Probably because of the, the dumb video I made where I'm kind of twirling in the streets. That was, that was a mistake. I get that. But I'll always stick up for myself. Fuck that. And if you don't see it my way, then, then you're a wimp. You're a wimp of a person that doesn't stick up for yourself. I couldn't even tell you the last time I asked anybody for a favor. It's very, very rare. Extremely rare. One more thing about the Joe Rogan thing. I am so sick and tired of the comedian. I won't name names today. The comedian blindly kissing Rogan's ass. Ew! Oh, my God. Get your own voice. If you truly believe in what Rogan's doing, so be it. But there's so many people, so many comics that aren't brave enough to stand on their own, so they just blindly kiss his ass. I'm like, oh, God. What is wrong with you? We don't give a fuck about you. Try to find your own voice. And if it matches his, then so be it. Oh, I was on Twitter, and they're all just lapping his ass. I'm like, oh, my God. Not one of you? Not one of you uh, disagree with what's going on? Oh, by the way, we got home from the beach, and in front of our apartment door was a box. In that box was a mattress from helixsleep.com slash opie. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash opie. Yeah, so in the box was a mattress for my son's loft bed. And if you would have told me many, many years ago that someday, you know, Hope, someday 
they're just going to mail mattresses to your house. I would say you're crazy. But Helix Sleep has figured it out. You don't have to go to the mattress store anymore. You don't have to put that dumb mattress on the top of your car anymore. Helix Sleep is definitely living in the future. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have soft mattresses, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Quiz is really easy and really quick, by the way. Okay, just go to helixsleep.com slash opie. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Yes, they got a 10-year warranty, and if you don't like your mattress, guess what? They'll come to your house and take it away for you. But you're going to love it. All right. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you, my friend, at helixsleep.com slash opie. Let me do that again. That's helixsleep.com slash opie for up to $200 off and two free pillows. All right, before I get back to the podcast where I'm going to tell you about one of the saddest days of my life, I want to talk about art for a second. Listen, this probably won't surprise you, but I've never been a big art guy. I mean, come on, Mona Lisa, make up your mind. Are you smiling or not? That is until I learned that a Picasso painting sold for over $100 million in 2021. Are you shitting me? Not only that, Art price appreciation has outpaced the S&P 500 since 1995. Which isn't that surprising considering some billionaires have been laughing all the way to the bank and investing in art for centuries. I mean, even that stupid Bezos has a couple Picassos. Which he probably forgot about as he hangs out in one of his pool houses next to his 36 36 mansions? This guy has 36 mansions? What the... Let's start building a rocket. But this should really put a smile on your face. Now you can get like Bezos. And I'm not talking about having a messy divorce. Zing, zang, zoo. Who writes the... Oh. (laughs) Oh, we're going to talk about Masterworks. Finally, we're getting to the point. I'm talking about investing in blue chip artwork with Masterworks. Masterworks is unlocking the once exclusive contemporary art market so you could add paintings from iconic artists like Warhol, Picasso, and Banksy to your portfolio. And Masterworks is even giving you priority access to their newest offerings. Just go to masterworks.art slash and check it out for yourself. Again, that's masterworks.art slash See important disclaimers at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. We saw some movie on Disney Plus with the magical house. And I don't know. I guess they explained the whole movie in the first like two minutes of the movie. They're like refugees or something. And then the, what was it? The father, you know, trying to protect the rest of the family. And I guess he dies because you got to kill somebody in a Disney movie. I don't understand why you got to kill a parent in every goddamn Disney movie or animation movie. And then um, 
And then it's a candle. Did anyone else see this movie? And then the candle's magical. And then it builds a house. And then, I don't every family member, they get their own special room. And they got magical powers. But the the main girl in the in the movie she doesn't have magical powers and she doesn't know why and then the house is cracking then there's like a uh a uh as my brother used to call it (laughs) a very handsome woman in the in the movie (laughs) it's the first time i've seen a very handsome woman in a um in an animated feature if you know what i'm saying and her power was that she was very very strong um, but the house is magical, and she's got to figure out what's going on with the house, I guess. And I made the mistake of asking my wife what the hell's going on, and she got mad. She's like, weren't you paying attention? I was like, I, I guess I sort of was. And she's like, they explained the whole thing in the first minute or two of the movie. I'm like, ah, I'm lost. And I was getting frustrated by that. Uh, what is the point of this? What was the point of... I don't even know what the point of this was, but that's all right. I just babbled. I, I just babbled with no ending. Why are you watching this? What a waste of time. Here's something when you tell a story, have a point. It makes it that much more interesting to the listener. Oh, I guess what I was trying to say was I, I didn't understand the kids' movie. <laughs> and then, of course, they figured it out at the end, and I'm like, but I still don't know... I, I still don't understand why... Why the little girl never had powers like the rest of the family, including the very handsome woman. And they're all just rolling their eyes at me and they march off to bed. I'm like, but, 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 someone explained the movie to me. One of the reasons I didn't want to live stream today because my my wife took the dog for for the walk. Uh, It took us like a half hour to 40 minutes to get Doggy back in shape because she took him for a walk while I went and got the kids. Uh, dog comes back, really muddy paws, and uh, a ton of poo around his butt again, with one turd sticking out with a stick in it. I'm like, what the fucking, you think, you're, you think you're, uh, your dog is just a cute little domestic pet, but in the end, it's an animal, just like the rat we saw split in half uh, in the middle of the path out there today. It's just an animal. So... We were like a pit crew, like a NASCAR pit crew, all doing whatever we can to get the dog back in shape. I was dipping his muddy paws in um, in in warm water, and, and and he was enjoying it, like he was getting his nails done. And then my wife is just washing his butt with baby wipes, and she's taking the the scissors, the scissors again that we cut meat with, and she was cutting all sorts of poo fur uh, away from his butt as well. So, um, and then he had like. Urine icicles all over his face. Like, what the fuck, man? You're just an animal in the end. Did you stomp a rat? Yeah, that's what I did. Pat Duffy, if you're talking about Encanto, yes, my four-year-old got about 25 minutes in and asked to watch Blippy. Yeah, there you go. Any more death predictions this year? Oh, my God, no. I'm hoping the death thing stays away a little bit, a little bit. Um... I saw the last video, Betty White. Oh, my God. And they're all like, isn't this wonderful? Betty White in her own words. And and, and you, you can only understand every other word, man. She had a bit of a drop-off in the last couple of years. I mean, she made it to 99.999, falling just short. They had the Betty White challenge yesterday on Twitter. 
there's a hashtag, and uh, boy, man, people out there, they just can't take a fucking joke. Everyone gets pissed off immediately. And I said, what is the Betty White challenge? Is it uh, where you're supposed to work out uh, an hour a day and you only do 59 minutes? And people are like, how dare you? She was an institution. Why would you? She was a comedian. She would laugh at that. Oh, people are just wound so fucking tight these days. Let's see. What else? Uh, what else? Oh, uh, get Frenchie to fry up the rat. Oh, like the old days. I've told... I told that story to, to um, I told that story to the staff at Petco when I was when I was when I was getting the guinea pig for my daughter for uh, Christmas. They didn't appreciate the story, like an like an O and A fan would appreciate it. They didn't appreciate it at all. I explained how you know we had this competition. We had two chefs come in. One was a, a legit French chef named Frenchie. I think that was the first time Frenchie appeared on the Opie and Anthony show. And then some asshole that just wanted to be on the radio. And then we bought we bought two rats. And I, honestly, wow, I would have to ask the old staff. I'm not sure where we got them from. But this was so long ago that I do believe we got them from a pet store. Now they don't really sell rats or mice if they know you're going to feed them to another animal. Uh, times have changed. So I'm telling this whole story to Petco. And I'm like, yeah, and you know, the French chef made some kind of poop. some kind of, I think it's a poire type dish and uh, it was peppery and savory and nice and uh, we had listeners, could you imagine we had listeners come in and and eat the rat you can't get that bit done these days and uh, the rat was prepared so well that a bunch of the listeners went back and got seconds I tried it, it was absolutely amazing and very tasty and then the other guy who just wanted to be on the radio just (laughs) (laughs) the most disgusting disgusting dish I've ever seen in my life people were horrified and the French chef uh, Frenchie you know he plates the rat the rat dish perfectly all nice you know and the other guy it was just a smeary just mess on the plate and the deal was that the listeners, I guess they had to try both uh, dishes. So they had to try the, the messy one as well. Uh, so I told that story to the, um, the gang at Petco waiting for the laughs where usually I get the laughs when I tell that story. And, oh, boy, were they horrified. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go now. So what's that again? Uh, the guinea pig, it, it eats uh, grass all day long. You can't feed it enough grass in one day. Okay, I got that. All right, I'll see you guys soon. Bye. And their mouths were just, they couldn't believe I was telling this story. And you know what's weird about the old O&A stories? They seem very normal and natural to me. But I got to remember, like, life has changed. Times have changed. And, uh, you know, people now look at a lot of these stories in a much different way. Opie, what do you think about empty grocery store shelves? What is happening in America? NR1 country in the world number one country in the world i never believed america to be the number one country in the world most people that say america is the greatest country in the world have never seen another country in their entire lives so i've always thought that was horseshit when you start saying that your city is the greatest like they do here in new york and we start uh, spewing you know that we're the greatest country in the world i don't believe either one of those things i haven't visited enough countries i've definitely visited enough cities to know that uh 
New York City is not the greatest city in the world. This place is a shithole. Oh, there's Jennifer first with the thank you. We're lacking in so many categories now with the rest of the world. And I know if you say that you're not a patriot and you're not American, you have to just blindly follow the fact that we're the greatest country in uh, in the world. Sorry, I'm still doing my research on that. Uh, my over-the-top, unadulterated patriotism for absolutely no reason would happen to disagree with you on that, Pat Duffy says. <laughs> it's more when, you know, us New Yorkers... We're tougher. Th- Are you tougher than other other people in other cities? Are you? I hate when politicians say that. You know, New Yorkers are, have a way of getting through things. No, everybody has a way of getting through things. I get confused because New York really shoves it down your throat that they're the greatest city on earth. And, and then you go to another city and they're transit system is way better and they don't have homeless people just literally shitting on the corner because they know they're not going to get arrested and I don't see any homeless people like taking bricks to the heads of people just minding their own business and then you go oh okay oh that's right we're the greatest city oh we're the greatest city on earth of course we are spineless apologist PC wannabe elitist ruined real New York City oh wow look at Daniel O'Brien's got a got an opinion or two he's got an opinion or two I'm here to say I don't think New York City was ever great sir I don't think it was ever great this city where are my New Yorkers at this city is filled with assholes fucking assholes that are wound so tight and ready to pounce at and at every second. What breed of dog? We went over that. That's all right. It's uh, a golden doodle because I'm allergic to I'm allergic to allergic to all dogs. So with the with the golden doodles and anything doodle, they're hypoallergenic, so you don't get all uh, sneezy and hivey. Excuse me. And the other thing, which is awesome. There's not a dog hair in our entire house. There's not one dog hair in our car. None whatsoever. They don't shed, which is absolutely amazing. When people find that out, I don't I don't know why the whole world doesn't get, you know, some kind of doodle. Oh, I forgot about the Betty White would be very disappointed in your non-rescue dog. I've talked about that. People get really mad. I live in a city. Um, and where the beach house is, where people are a bit on the hoity-toity side, and uh, I have to quickly tell them that I have a... Well, now I just say, go screw, but I, I was trying at first, and basically I would say, look, I'm allergic to regular dogs, so I had to get um, you know a hypoallergenic dog, and I went to all the shelters, but they don't have hypoallergenic dogs for the most part in the shelter, so I did do the right thing by trying to get a rescue, but in the end, they didn't have uh, something that I wouldn't be allergic to, so we ended up going to a breeder! <laughs> you want a conversation to end quickly? You tell these uptight... Uh, usually older women, that you went to a breeder. When they go, oh, what's your dog's name? I went to a breeder. And they're like, oh, how dare you? You're disgusting. And they march off. Conversation over as soon as you say that. 
Look, but I feel good because I got a brother that rescues everything. I mean everything. So I think that's a wash. I went to a breeder for my dog and my brother Brett. He's a good guy. He rescues everything. Everything. He's got... He's got fucked up pets all over his house. They're missing a foot. They're missing an eye. They can't hear. They're blind. He rescues everything. So I think it's a wash because we both have the same last name. That's how that works. Oh, Jesus, Ferris. I call you Ferris when you come up with this shit. Brett is making up for the the dead dog farm that was your house <laughs> Jesus you don't you don't you don't forget anything do you look we lived on a busy uh, road and I can honestly tell you four pets were run over four pets were run over and the last one was probably one of the worst days of my life and it was the same day as my uncle's wake who died way too young um but that wasn't the reason why it was the worst day of my, my life. It was the worst day of my life because we went to the wake for my dad's brother. And everyone was very, very sad. And then I was living in Huntington at the time. I was living about three miles from my parents' house. And my dad calls up all distraught. Like, what the hell's going on? You know, it's, it'll be okay, Dad. You know, I thought he was uh, really bummed out about his brother, which he obviously was. But uh, his sadness went to a whole nother level because Brett's dog that they were watching, uh, I forgot the circumstances, but Brett couldn't really have the dog where he was. He was in between living arrangements or something. I forget exactly. The dog went into the road and, and got hit. And my brother had the dog. It was a black lab. From the time the dog was literally this big, it was everything to my brother. And my uh, dad, he's pretty much in tears. He's like, you got to come over here. Your brother is inconsolable. So I, I come over. And um, it, tell, it, show, it shows you what kind of guy my dad was too, by the way, if you're wondering. So the story goes, the dog got hit. And my dad was living off one artery to his heart. He could barely walk my dad at this point. He would, he would end up dying a, a mere year later, maybe two years later. But um, the dog's laying in the road after getting hit by a car. My dad sacrificed his actual fucking life. He knew it wouldn't be a good idea to try to carry an 80-pound dog out of the street. But he did that for my brother because he knew how much this dog meant to my brother. And he was hoping that possibly, uh, you know, the dog would survive uh, being hit by a car. The dog didn't survive. He tells my brother. My brother comes over. He's in inconsolable he's on his knees you know the the type of cry you never want to hear from anybody my dad is really sad my mom's sitting there just staring at the ceiling (laughs) oh that's a joke that's a joke she was bummed too um and then i'm like hold i'm trying to like calm brett down there's no calming him down and all of a sudden he goes from like just crying his eyes out and he gets real serious And he looks at me and he goes, we have to bury the dog now. And he had eyes like I have eyes right now. And I'm like, now? Now. I'm like, okay. It's 11, 12 o'clock at night. We go in the backyard of my parents' house where we all were uh, raised. 
It's the middle of winter. It's probably right around this time of the year. The ground is as frozen as frozen can be. And we, we, uh, Brett goes, where's the dog? And my dad says it's in, the, in a wheelbarrow. So we wheelbarrow the dog to the backyard of my parents' house and uh, proceed to start digging a hole in the middle of winter when the ground was completely frozen. I'm talking like you're slamming the shovel down and you're getting like this much dirt. But Brett's like, we have to do this. And, and my whole job, I only had one job and I fucked it up because he wanted to dig the hole. So I had the flashlight so you could see what he's doing because, oh, I forgot to tell you, it was also pitch dark because it was overcast or, or something. The moon was over over there when it's supposed to be over here. So there's no moonlight. And uh, I'm holding the flashlight so you could dig the hole properly. I could barely see the guy. And every once in a while, I would slip with the, the flashlight and it would hit the wheelbarrow with, with his dead dog. And then all of a sudden, that would make him collapse again to his knees. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Long story short, uh, it took a while, man, but uh, he dug an impressive hole, and we buried his dog in the backyard of my parents' house in the middle of winter. And I can honestly say that's right up there as one of the saddest days of my life. And it just shows you, like I said, what kind of uh, guy my uh, dad was because – he literally sacrificed having a massive heart attack because he only had one artery. Everything else was clogged. And uh, he, he lifted that dog out of the street and got him out of there. But thanks to Ferris, you know, she had to remind me that, uh, you know, we, we, had a, we had a house of horrors. And a lot of pets uh, <laughs> met their demise at that house. Jesus. <laughs> my dad also buried my cat. Oh my god, I went for a bike ride. I had this um I had this feral cat that I got from Buffalo. I named it Velcro because it would climb the rug walls that we had for soundproofing at a radio station I worked at in uh Buffalo called the Fox. Morning guy. God rest his soul too. He's no longer with us. He um was mistreating the cat, even though he was a really good guy for real. But he didn't like cats, and he made it very obvious. Obvious, excuse me. And that was the only reason I brought the cat home. And I was infested by uh, fleas because of this cat. And I uh, brought the cat home to to Long Island when I got the big gig at WBAB, and I was living with my parents for a while. I went for a bike ride, and I come back, and my dad's like, "Uh, uh," and I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Velcro." Uh, got run over by a car, and then he tells me, "You didn't have to tell me this." He goes. I held it until it wasn't warm anymore. I'm like, oh, my God. I go, where, where, where is he? And uh, he goes, I buried it under the apple tree because I know how special the apple tree is to you. And I'm like, it, it, it's not special. That's the tree I ran up into because I didn't want to talk about sex with you. That doesn't make it a special apple tree. Fun, right? This is fun for everybody. Fun, fun, fun. Fun. 